The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. I know I've seen it at rehearsals during ensemble when the band director is looking and they're giving corrections on drill to different musical um, components of the band, um, but they almost never give any corrections to the guard. And while you don't have to correct them on, you know, flag angles or whatever, like they're still a part of the program. And so if they're in the wrong drill spot, don't be afraid to tell them. If they're taking the wrong pathway, don't be afraid to tell them because it's not just a design issue too. It's a safety issue and it's a story issue. Um, so we want to be able to address that as effectively as possible. And a lot of the times the guard staff is actually on the field. So we can't see everything that you can see when you're up in the box during ensemble rehearsals. Uh, so really being able to watch out for the guard is a huge one. That's Courtney Coffey of Simply Color Guard, and on this conversation, she shares practical advice for directors and instructors about Color Guard. This is part of a webinar conversation that you can find at marchingartseducation.com. Thanks to the sponsor of this podcast, Fred J. Miller Incorporated, found at fjminc.com slash roundtable. Advice for band directors about Color Guard on the Marching Roundtable. podcast is sponsored by FJM, Fred J. Miller Incorporated. FJM is the leader in marching arts uniform manufacturing and continues to lead the charge through groundbreaking design, superior service, and over 60 years of industry innovation. The Cesario collection of marching band uniforms is 100% machine washable, includes a limited lifetime warranty, and makes the fitting process a breeze with their Adjust-A-Cuff and adjust a hem technology. Now is the perfect time to create a new image for your program. Chat with a live FJM representative or schedule your complimentary consultation today at fjminc.com roundtable. That's fjminc.com roundtable. Fred J. Miller Incorporated, family owned and operated since 1960. So you have to have that successful foundation to build on. And it really is what successful programs are doing. And if you don't know, if you want to know more about what successful programs are doing, I always say, don't be afraid to ask. Like, don't be afraid to go up to them and take inspiration from not only their show design, but like what they're doing behind the scenes. Ask them what they're doing. Ask them how they're doing it. Ask them why they're doing it. Ask them how their guard staff is approaching certain things. Um, I know as a color guard instructor myself, when I started approaching things from a more holistic point of view, so including that conditioning that I mentioned earlier to strengthen all of their muscles to be able to achieve those things that I was asking of them, because it's not only about the technique. If they don't have the muscle awareness to be able to achieve that skill without injuring themselves, because we don't want injuries either, then it's not going to happen successfully. Um, so when I started approaching it from incorporating those conditioning exercises and also incorporating like mindset stuff with all of my groups, I do meditations and I also do visualizations. And I've noticed since I've started doing that, a huge increase in success from them, not only in achieving their show, but um, catching on to skills faster and having also more of a drive to 
be better performers and be better humans overall. Um, so that's something that I do with my groups. But if you see a successful group and you see the guard is happy and you see that everyone's getting along, don't be afraid to go up and ask them, like, what are you doing and how can we begin to incorporate that into your program? Yeah, that's great advice. And I love that you said that because I think people are intimidated to ask about it. I tell you, people are very happy to share. It's one of the wonderful things about doing podcasts all these years and having these conversations all the time is you realize people are not like, they're always happy to tell you, you know, uh, they're not threatened by the fact that you want to learn and that you want to have a good group too. They want everybody's group to be good. You know, um, nobody wants to go up to a contest and like beat everybody else is horrible. Like you want to, you want to have good competition and, and have everybody be um, performing really well. Um, so that's great advice. I like it. So where would you go next? Uh, with what band directors need to know? I think the next thing is you need to know that this stuff takes time. <laughs> uh, and that's oh, another I thing that's that so simple. I know, I'm impatient too. <laughs> We all want it to happen right now. That's true of everything in life, everybody. Again, yeah. never happens as fast. But that's a good point to make, though. It takes time. And they're not, they're not going to be great tomorrow. Right. It, you can't take someone who's never touched a flag before to being the Blue Devil's color guard in a month. Like, it's just not going to happen for multiple <laughs> reasons. Um, the color guard is very weird in the sense that, like, it uses muscles that we don't normally use on a daily basis. Um, the way that you handle the equipment is not the way you handle most anything really. And then you have all of these rules about planes and a bunch of other stuff we don't need to talk about right now. Um, but it's a lot for the brain, it's a lot for the body. And so understanding that building those muscles and building that technique is gonna take time. Understanding that building the right staff for your program because not everyone is going to gel with your members, not everyone is going to gel with the rest of your staff. So finding the right staff to find success in your program might take some time as well. Um, and, and making sure that all of these things can be executed correctly is going to take time. Something that I really, really admire programs for doing, and I'm actually working with a program that's doing this now, is not being afraid to be like, okay, so this year, we're just gonna do flag. Like we're not gonna add weapon into the show at all because we have a lot of new members. Uh, we don't have a lot of strong members when it comes to like tosses and everything. Um, so they're just gonna do flag. They're gonna do minimal tosses and we're really just gonna focus on the foundation this year and choreograph the show based on that. Um, so you can still have a really successful program without tossing sixes without doing a flag toss every eight counts you know um, it's all about understanding the strengths of your team and catering everything else to that while also pushing them and so um yeah all of the stuff learning all of the stuff choreographing the stuff figuring out what type of members that you have and where they are that that's going to take some time and so giving the patience for that but also not being afraid to push them yeah, there's, a, there's an interesting balance there. And wow, I think, I love the point that you just made. I feel like the, the biggest mistake that, <coughs> excuse me, everybody, the biggest mistake young instructors make is that they try to add, do too much, right? They don't really get that, what, you know, what are these students standing in front of me really capable of and what's in their best interest right now? You know, they are trying to write that Blue Devil's Color Guard book when their students aren't ready for it. 
So I love the idea that you would say, okay, well, what's really best for these students right now? How can we best grow and move forward? Um, and listen, a very effective, clean color guard book can really, I mean, that's what, that's the basis of color guard. That can make a lot of effect. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I've seen people actually put this in the show too, but I've seen people do drop spins on the field, but do them really well. And that can outscore 45s all across the board, you know? Um, so it's all about like knowing the strengths of your color guard, knowing how to highlight that and understanding that like, yeah, eventually if you want to have a group, like a, a solid rifle line tossing sevens, that can happen, but it's not gonna happen in the first year that the program's out. Um, so, so meeting everyone where they're at and understanding that growth, it takes time, that's okay. <laughs> and listen, since we're having this conversation, let me say, hey, band directors, this applies to everything. Like this applies to the music you're choosing for them. You know, is it really appropriate? Most people try to play music that's way too hard, Courtney. They really do. Marching band is, you know, it's it's uh, usually people trying to do too much. And the same with visual stuff. Like you don't need to be flying around doing 500 pages of drill if you have a young group. So writing at the appropriate level and then being patient and letting them grow over time, having that plan, where am I going? And then being, being patient. Yeah, it really does apply to everything within the marching arts. Um, I've definitely seen bands do music that couldn't be achieved. I've seen bands try visual, visuals that couldn't be achieved. And so not being afraid to look at that and be like, okay, so maybe this year we'll take some, some easier music. We'll do fewer visuals so that they can actually like build that technique correctly instead of doing incorrect technique and having um, yeah. like, issues with the muscles and everything as they're growing in their their marching career and you don't get credit from the judges for trying something you get credit mm -hmm. for doing it exactly. <laughs> so exactly. it's the what and the how everybody okay so you have to be able to do it well in order to get credit i would much rather see a group achieve something that's exactly at their level there's a lot more effect in that than seeing somebody really struggle yeah, and if you see, this might just be a guard thing, but if you see that vocabulary score is way up here and that achievement score is way down here, then we need to reevaluate some things for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. I like that. Being patient, knowing it's going to take time. That's a great thing to remind everybody. Yes. Yes. And something else that I want to say, the next point that I want to add is actually something that I got from a band director. So when I was getting ready for this podcast, I asked guard instructors, but I also asked band directors, like, what's the most valuable thing for you to know about the color guard? And one thing that a band director told me is that they, it's important for them to understand how to look at the big picture and know how to communicate effectively with their guard instructor. Um, so when you're looking at the big picture, when you're looking at the show, if you see the flags aren't going around all together, knowing how to approach your guard instructor and be like, okay, so maybe we can figure out a way to clean this up because I know, like, I don't know a lot about color guard, but I know that's not supposed to be happening, happening, right? Versus that happening and then you going to your guard instructor and firing them or telling them that they're bad at their job and I know that sounds extreme but that does happen 
Um, so knowing how to effectively communicate with your guard instructor, and if there's ever any issue with anything else when it comes to building the program, knowing how to approach that as well has been invaluable for them. And it's also invaluable for us as instructors because now we know your communication style. Um, now we know what you're expecting. And now we know how to make sure that those expectations and the achievement can meet in a place that's good for everyone and also good for the program. Um, so yeah, really, really, really getting good at understanding what the big picture is supposed to look like, which is also why having those design meetings with the garden instructor early on is going to be helpful as well. Yeah, that's great advice. And I feel like um, that we need to be able to communicate with everybody effectively anyway, right? But but sometimes people do it out of fear, I think, and like, oh gosh, so this isn't working, this isn't good, and they lash out, right? As opposed to saying, okay, what's how can I help fix this? You know, something's not working over here. I'm worried about how this looks. How can we figure this out together? So I, I like that the, the idea of the communication style is really important. Yeah, it's really important, and and that's something that I learned from approaching these programs holistically is that everyone, including the students, they learn differently. They approach things differently, and so having patience for that and having understanding for that is going to do a lot of good in your program. Yeah, and so while we're kind of talking about this, I worked with a really, really talented band director one time who just didn't see the guard. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, he was so he was so minded on the band students and how they were playing and marching that he tended to just like not even notice they were on the field, you know. And I remember one time there was a big performance and then the guard just had a disastrous blow up, you know. And at, after the show, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe what happened with the guard. And he's like, what? What? Something happened with the guard? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like everybody within a five mile five mile radius knew that there was like this giant thing going. On. But anyway, my point is. Sometimes vendors need to be aware, okay, I need to like stop sometimes and not look at those clarinets and see how cigar doing. Like you said, see the big picture. Sometimes band directors just aren't good at that. They, they just tend to not notice. Yeah. And especially if you have props too, like really understanding how all of that's incorporated into the guard, into the program overall. Um, because I know I've seen it at rehearsals during ensemble when the band director is looking and they're giving corrections on drill to different musical um, components of the band, um, but they almost never give any corrections to the guard. And while you don't have to correct them on, you know, flag angles or whatever, like they're still a part of the program. And so if they're in the wrong drill spot, don't be afraid to tell them. If they're taking the wrong pathway, don't be afraid to tell them because it's not just a design issue too. It's a safety issue and it's a story issue. Um, so we want to be able to address that as effectively as possible. And a lot of the times the guard staff is actually on the field. So we can't see everything that you can see when you're up in the box during ensemble rehearsals. Uh, so really being able to watch out for the guard is a huge one. Yeah. And I would say, make sure you give them compliments too you know like courtney even if i'm not a color guard person and i'm standing up there if i look over and all the all the flags are moving exactly together and it's super clean and you see that it's effective like point it out wow color guard that was so good like you look so good i think there's also great power 
in pointing out individuals who are performing at a really high level, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, I, my friend Mary, who's a color guard instructor, I've seen her transform an entire guard simply by starting to point out, oh my goodness, look over here at Cynthia and how tall she's standing on this. And everybody's like, oh, well, I want, and then, oh gosh, Megan, I can't believe that toss was phenomenal. You caught it exactly. Everybody wants to be like these others that are getting noticed. So giving compliments, this is true for everybody in the band actually, but don't be afraid, band readers, to compliment the guard, right, Courtney? Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't have to be a saxophone player to know that they look amazing, they're doing the visuals correctly, and they sound amazing. Um, so you don't have to know everything about Color Guard to know that the Color Guard's doing something right. So I always felt good as a performer when the band director or the core director complimented me, and it made me be even better. Like, when I got that compliment, I was like, okay, now I have to do this all the time. I can never be worse than this. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, it's very easy for instructors and managers to get in that thing about just pointing out all the mistakes. But I can right. tell you, if you start pointing out all the great stuff, everybody will rise to that level. It's really, it's, it's much, of, it's very effective. It really is. And honestly, sometimes the color guard, it's not on purpose, but the color guard can get tired of like our voices saying things, even if it's like a compliment. So band directors, please don't feel afraid to speak up because they'll listen. They'll listen to you. Yeah, and color guard instructor, don't be afraid to turn to the trumpets and go, Holy cow, that sounded fantastic. Like, I gotta tell you, different voices, like you said, big impact. Huge. That yeah. happened today, actually. I had a rehearsal this morning and that happened. I was next to the drum line and I was like, that was great, guys. And, and the band director with the guard said something about them too. So, you gotta awesome. have that communication. It's great. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, what's next on your list? So the biggest thing, the last thing that I had to say was band directors, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to go visit the sectionals. So if you have sectionals during your rehearsal, um, if you have questions about the color guard and how it's being incorporated into the story, incorporated into the rest of the show, don't be afraid to ask your instructor and don't be afraid to go visit their block because you don't have to know anything about color guard to go learn what they're doing to say that you appreciate them like we were just talking about earlier and just to like go and spend time with them like we mentioned earlier the color guard is a part of the band um so making sure you're giving attention to them as well even if you're not a color guard person yourself is really really effective and it doesn't feel like it's that big of a thing because you might just be like standing up there watching them do a toss blog and like clapping or saying something to the garden instructor but they notice like the performers notice when the band director is involved with all of the students and it honestly takes their performance to a new level when you are um, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to go visit them in their sectionals. And you might learn what a drop spin is, which is pretty fun to do. So it's a win-win. <laughs> I like that a lot. You know, I will, true confession time, everybody, true confession time. I would say the biggest, the thing I always tell people that I regret from my very first years of teaching was I was so worried about everybody figuring out how much I didn't know. Like, I really worried about this. And so that kept me from even bringing in clinicians sometimes and stuff because I was like, oh, well, they're going to realize all the stuff I don't know. Of course, I later learned that they didn't care about all the stuff I didn't know. They just cared that I was there and I really cared about them and I was trying my hardest and they liked me and I was trying to do everything I could. That's all they cared about. They didn't care that I didn't really know that much about flute, flute intonation, which was a real problem for me early on. I did learn about that. But you know what I mean? Like, 
I love that you're saying ask questions. It's okay to be a band director and say, I don't understand how this works. Can you tell me? Or why is that part of the show not working? You know, yeah. what can we do to help the guard? Whatever. I love that you have to be vulnerable. I had a hard time with that early in my career. Yeah, I love this activity because it's so collaborative and you can learn from each other. Yeah. And and the thing about what you just said is like when you're learning something, the more you learn, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know because you're learning more. And that's just a natural part of it. Um, so not being afraid of what you don't know and allowing yourself to ask those questions, allowing yourself to be like, I know a lot. I can add a lot of value, but there's also a lot that I don't know. And that's why I have specialists who do that. Or that's why I ask questions to other programs who can help me build this program if you um, don't have access to the funds or whatever to have color guard specialists or whatever sectional specialists for your program. Um, yeah, that's a huge thing. That's a huge part of it. You can find the rest of this webinar conversation at marchingartseducation.com. There's a link to the webinar where this podcast is located at the Marching Roundtable. And find hours of great information about Color Guard, communication with your staff, and the best approaches to building your program in the over 1,100 podcasts at the Marching Roundtable and in the hours of webinar videos and interviews at Marching Arts Education. We're so grateful that so many of the top educators and designers in our activity have talked with us and shared their secrets. You can learn from these top marching arts professionals at any time at our website at marchingartseducation.com. Thanks again to the sponsor of this podcast, Fred J. Miller Incorporated, found at fjminc.com slash roundtable. This is Tim Hinton, the Beast of the Marching Arts. Find out more about me at beastofthemarchingarts.com and check out my new paranormally-themed bed and breakfast, The Phantom History House. See videos and pictures and book your stay at phantomhistoryhouse.com. If you're a business that works with band directors, marching bands, color guards, or drum lines, you should sponsor podcasts at the Marching Roundtable. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach. And with thousands of podcast downloads each month, it's a great way to directly reach your target audience. For more information, click on the Sponsorship Opportunities link at marchingroundtable.com or email Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. You can grow your business and help support what we're doing here on the podcast.